and in this sermon series, um, he's trying to present an acronym and with the letters T-R-U-S-T. I'm going to take care of the first three letters today, and I already started with T. Amen? David took a personal inventory of himself, and now David is vulnerable. David is willing to trust God because he knows God. Do you know God? David knows that God is trustworthy. And that trust, trustworthiness makes God competent in the eyes of David. David knows that God is able. Brother, God is able. If you can tell the person right next to you, God is competent. God is able. You can tell him that. Tell him that. David knows that God is reliable and that God cares about David. David knows that God is honest and God will not do anything bad against David. That, my brothers and sisters, drives trust. And have the plenty assurance, assurance that God will be there for you if you trust him. Just, uh, just like Willie, in the illustration, he knew that the person before him knew something about the water pump. Willie knew that the person knew something about that water pump. He trusted on the message that the person left him, even though he didn't know him. He trusted him. But Willie had to start trusting even though he didn't get to see the person, even though there was nothing there to help him. But he trusted. We cannot see God. Can you still trust God? Both Billy, uh, Willie, and David recognized, which is the second letter, the source. Faith is trusting God when life doesn't make any sense. Is God your source? The Bible says, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to, to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. Trust God unconditionally. If you do this, God is going to work out his plan for your life. He is going to open the right doors, bring the right people, turn negative situations around, and take you to the fullness of your destiny. To trust can also mean to have confidence in. Having, having confidence in something means having assurance that leads to action. Trust in the Lord is a faith that, that faith that leads us boldly to serve no matter the age. Remember when I told you that these men, 78 years old, took me under his wings and taught me how to speak English and taught me about the Bible and told me this story that I'm passing it to you. My question to you as I ask you to, 
stand up by H. Are you doing your job? Because I was 19 years old. He was 78. Some people, they think they cannot do anything at that age that they've done. And they're already saved. But salvation is not in theory. It's not a theory thing. Salvation is theory and practice. You want to know how you're going to go to heaven? Read Psalm 15, 1, 5. Read it, and it tells you, God, who's going to go and see you in heaven? Who's going to be living with you in heaven? And the psalm describes who's going to be there. If you're 78, 65, 78, 88, you still can help. You can do your job here and finish it up. Fight a good fight till the end. And that's what God is telling us. There are no throwaway people with God. And God is not looking for those that aren't just practicing theory. God is looking for those that aren't living it. Showing somebody like our friends over here. 18, 19, 20. And there's some others right next to you. You can pick. You can choose. And you can help something with what you went through in your entire life. Because you have more to give in this place. Take action and do what you need to do and do it because you're doing it for God until the end of your days. Because you will be standing up in front of God and he will say, well done, my faithful servant. And he will take care of you like you did take care of God. Do you understand these principles? Do you understand God's principles, which is the third letter of this acronym? Do you understand this? The Bible says, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light of my path. Trust in the Lord, the Bible says, with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. All, all, not halfway. No, I'm done. I'm just waiting. In all your ways until the end. If you believe these, you will start taking action. And you will not give up like Willie. Willie never give up as a matter of fact. Let me change that. He was thirsty. He wanted water. If you're Christian, you're thirsty for that water of life that never ends. And when you drink it, it will give you the ability to have passion and do this and do that until you finish your days. Amen? So why don't we give all that we can to God? I believe there's several reasons on why we do this. Uh, one of the reasons that, uh, you know, that we don't give our all to God is, is that uh, you know, uh, we think that somebody else can do a better job. God calls you and he says, hey, I need you to do this. And you're like, well, I, you know, God, I struggle in that area. Remember Moses? 
Uh, you know, God called Moses to deliver, the, to deliver the Israelites. And what happened? He gave three occasions or three reasons why he couldn't do it. And God kind of got tired of it and he said, well, okay, then here's your brother. He can be your mouthpiece. But you still have a task that you need to get done. I'm not going to take the task away from you. That's what I have for you to do. You know, today, uh, you know, seniors, as you have walked across that stage and you begin this new journey in your life, God has something else for you to do. He's not done. Uh, You know, just like Julio was talking about as far as with you and, you know, the age that you're in, he's not done There is something that he has for you. And we need to get this understanding that it's for you to do and it's not for somebody else to do. Another reason why we don't do all that God wants us to do is because we really don't feel that what we have to offer is all that good. Sunday school teachers. How many of you think that you did a good job with your Sunday school lesson this morning? See, God really, uh, you know, there has to be somebody else that can teach this class better than me. God, uh, you know, there's got to be somebody else that plays the guitar better than I do. Chris, there is, but you're the only one we have. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. See, we have this feeling that whenever we look in these things, uh, you, know, that, uh, you know, that we're not worthy of it. Uh, you know, but the other thing is, is that we're actually not going to meet the need. There's also this issue that, let's face it, sometimes the church doesn't do the best in actually telling you what the need is. Right? Now I'm going to back up because sometimes the church tells you exactly what the needs are, but you don't hear it. How many of y'all know that every time whenever you walk into this church that the announcements for the month is running on the TV that's in the front foyer? How many of you watch them? How many of you know them? How many of you kind of got offended whenever I stood up here a couple of Wednesdays ago and said that if we do not have enough people to stand up and help with Vacation Bible School, that we're not going to be able to have Vacation Bible School? How many of you heard that and said, well, I haven't heard anything about Vacation Bible School? I'm like, how many of you have your bulletin or have your calendar that's taped to your refrigerator or is somewhere in your house to where you can see it? There's a lot of times that we look at this and we just simply want to be ignorant. I mean, I mean, no, that's a good word. I can say that, right? We want to plead insanity. Is that better? Uh, you know, if I don't admit that I know it, then I don't have to do it. If I don't admit that God's called me to do something, then all I have to do is just simply sit in my pew and I'm okay, right? I got it. I'm good. No, there's a need that God has. And you are that particular person that can meet that need. 
It's not me. It's not Pastor Julio. It's you. There's a specific need in this world that each one of you three, that God has planned for you to meet that need. There is somebody that God says, Haley, you, one of these days, you are going to save this person's life. Follow through with what God has given to you. Alex, there's going to be people that's going to be hurt. And you're going to be that person that they're going to be really mad at because they're going through surgery. They've gone through shoulder surgery. Right, Miss Diane? Gone through shoulder surgery and they make you reach that arm up the wall. They make you walk the arm up the wall. And by the time you get halfway to here, you're like, oh, I can kill you. <laughs> but they're like, no, you got to keep going. See, those are the people. Teacher, oh, man. I'm sorry to say that you have the most important job in teaching the next generation, but you have the least pay. You are important. Never forget it. The task that God has before you, it is important. Never forget it. Always, always keep going. You know, there's another reason why we don't do and we don't give everything that God really wants us to do. And that's because we don't plan. We don't plan to give. <laughs> Wednesdays, we'll be going through this Be Last series. And I really like that group of being last, uh, you know, when someone chimed in and said, well, I don't want to be last. None of us really want to be last. But God calls us to be last. God calls us to give of ourselves. We don't plan on it. We plan on doing things for ourselves. You know, I'll, I'll face up. I wanted to be an NBA basketball player. Not because that's what God wanted me to be, but that's because I want, that's what I wanted to be. We don't plan on giving to God. I, you know, I talked about my kids and I tried to teach them about budgeting. How many of you are helping your kids, you know, with budgeting? You helping them with budgeting? Okay. Uh, you know, so, so I did that. So I tell my kids, I'm like, okay, you have to budget tithing. If you do not budget tithing, you will not tithe. If you do not budget saving, you will not save. Because whenever it comes time to buy in that car, you're going to say, oh, I have this much money that comes in each month. So I can spend this much money. And none of it has to do with tithing or saving. So you spend your tithing and your saving on that car. Or on that house. Or whatever you purchased. We have to plan to give. Now there are some good stewardship principles. That I would like to go over for you this morning. Uh, one of the stewardship principles. And I think it's one of my favorite ones. Uh, you know, it's the uh, who's in charge principle. I'm in charge. Is that not right? Psalms 24.1. The earth is the Lord's. Everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. Everything is his. He created it. He is in charge of it. 
It's His. Is there any doubt who's in charge? It's not us. It's God. He is in charge of everything. Here's a good one. The give and grow principle. Matthew chapter 20 or chapter 6 verse 21 it says whoever or wherever your treasure is there the desires of your heart will be also. Oh golly. Is that not right? How you know the verse before that is talking about heaven if we store our treasures in heaven. How you know they won't rust, they won't decay. Moths won't get in and eat them and thieves can't get up there and steal them. But our trust needs to be in heaven. Uh, you know, so how is it going to grow? Well, 30 years ago, actually it was 32 years ago, I saw this beautiful blonde walking across the road from my dorm room and I took off running. It was lunchtime, number, or it was no dinner time. So it was time to eat. That's number one. Number two, that beautiful blonde walking across there. Wherever your treasure is or wherever your heart is, that's where you're going to be. I put everything that I could into finding out who that beautiful blonde-headed woman was. And yes, three years later, she became my wife. She succumbed. <laughs> She's not here. That's why. <laughs> but see, wherever your heart is, the thing that really drives you, that's where you're going to put your attention. Whenever you're in school, there's going to be a class that you're going to thrive at. And that class that you're going to thrive at is going to be something that you really love. Pastor Julio and I have gone through the school of uh, studies to be pastors. I was a youth pastor all the way up until the last year of my schooling. And I had two classes that changed the course of the rest of my life. One of them was the finances of the church. And the second one was shepherding God's people. Man, I love those two classes. That's why I talk with Darla all the time about budgeting and about the church's finances. I love it. But you know what? I love being God's shepherd. I love being with you people. Whenever I get a phone call and it says that, uh, you know, that I need you to meet me at the hospital, it's not a drudgery, even if it is my day off. I love being with you people because that's what God has called me to be. Amen. That is where my heart is. Amen. See, that's where I grow. Whenever you put your attention there, that's where you're going to grow. Allow God to be that part. Allow God to be the key and to be the focus of your life. And your life will grow closer and stronger to Him and with Him. I really need to move on, don't I?
<laughs> Actually, Terry kind of told me that I needed to stall just a little bit. No, I'm kidding. But we still have some good things to go with. So let's continue on with these principles. Uh, you know, here we go. Uh, you know, do it now principle. I think we talked about this a little bit last week, right? About the lawnmower. No, wait a minute. Was that, was that last week? Or was that Wednesday? Wednesday? Yeah, that was right about rebellion. I'm glad that y'all listen and y'all can help me out with this stuff here. (laughs) So, uh, you know, the do it now. Uh, Whenever your uh, teacher gives you an assignment and they give you to the end of the semester, please don't wait until the last week of the semester to do it. See, that's me. I was Mr. Procrastinator. But the thing about it is, is that whenever God tells us that he has something for us to do, he says, okay, do it today, not tomorrow. He says, I need this done today. I don't need it done tomorrow. Because the person's life that he has for you to touch is going to be there with you today. But he might not be there with you tomorrow. If he has a person for you to witness to and you see him at the store today, You most probably won't see that person tomorrow. Do it now. Whenever he asked of you, whenever uh, Julio read that part to to, uh, take inventory, and he says, search my heart, O Lord. And God searches your heart and he says, oh, wait a minute, what about this? He says, give it to me today, not tomorrow. Give it to me today, not tomorrow. There's something for us to learn here because whenever we look at the life of Moses, Moses was called by God to lead the Israelites into the promised land. But Moses did not make it into the promised land. Why did Moses not make it into the promised land? Because he did something that God didn't want him to do. He took credit for a miracle that God did. If God calls you to do something today, do it today. Or you might not get the opportunity to do what he really needs for you to do. You will miss out on the blessing that he has called for you to do today. So, if he is telling you to give your pastor some flowers... Or if he is telling you to give your pastor $100. Do it today, not tomorrow. Because I need it today, not tomorrow. No, I'm kidding. But y'all see what I'm talking about. That he's asking us to respond to him now. There's this other one here. It says that I, it's the I am indebted principle. Now the thing about this I am indebted principle, whenever we look at this, uh, you know, Romans chapter 1, verses 14 through 15, it tells us this. It says, For I have a great sense of obligation to the people in my culture and to the people in other cultures, to the educated and the uneducated alike. So I am eager to come to you in Rome, too, to preach God's good news. So we are indebted and we are obligated to God to spread the gospel because of what he's done for us. 
the things that He has brought us through, what He has walked us through in this life, He says, those are the reasons and that is why I need you to go to these people. But we are also obligated to God because of what He's done for us. And because of His grace and His mercy and His love that He's shown in our lives, that's why we go to these other people. I am indebted to God. Therefore, I do what God needs for me to do. I owe God. Ooh, here we go. Last one. The fountain of youth. Here I am talking to 17, 18, 19 year olds about the fountain of youth, right? Y'all have it. Y'all found it, right? The fountain of youth. Uh, you know, I watched Cheers last night. And uh, they had a, uh, they were, it was Halloween. So they did a costume party. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the mailman, I, I keep forgetting his name. Uh, he was Ponce de Leon. Uh, you know, he discovered the fountain of youth. Uh, you know, the fountain of youth principle. So what is the fountain of youth principle? What is the fountain of youth principle? If you give, you will always live. If you give of your life, you will never die. Right? There's people that give a lot of money and they get their name put on a building. They will be known forever. There's people in your life that has made a difference in your life. You won't forget them forever. The fountain of youth. We give because given to us, but we give so that we can make an everlasting difference. So that whenever I do take my last breath, that I made a difference. That I made a difference somewhere in somebody's life. But this is all because we trust God. We trust God. We trust God because of who He is. Because of what He's done. Because of what He's going to do. If I can have Robbie to come and to begin to play. Pastor Julio talked about taking inventory. Making sure that God is in your life. That there's nothing that is holding you or keeping you from God. And he said that we need to recognize God for who He is. For being the source Yes, He is the source of all the bountifulness that's in our lives. But He is the source of our salvation. He is the one that gave us His Son, Jesus Christ, that died on the cross so that we could be forgiven for our sins, so that we could live with Him for eternity in heaven. He is 
that source. He is the one that we call out to. And then we get this understanding. The understanding that God is truly calling us to be his hands and his feet because he has something special for us. Let's stand this morning as they play and as they sing. Take a moment and take inventory. If there is something lacking in your life, please. This morning is the time that that can be fulfilled. That God can step in and can remove all the obstacles. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Pastor Julio and I will be here if you need to come to the altar for any reason. If you need prayer for any specific thing, please come.